The Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. Me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, Kogutis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Brian, why have you been so quiet all day, man? Haven't heard anything from me at all. Talk, Brian. Not a peep. Brian LaMartina out sick today. Should be back tomorrow. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. He's the guy who booked PMT commenter and then finished PFT himself commenter. off. What did I say? PMT commenter. Oh, man. I was about right. to make a joke about you touching yourself to PFT commenter. And you ruined it. Tom was touching himself to PFT commenter. What did I call him? PMT. That's because my sister performed at Pittsburgh Musical Theater. And they called it PMT. It's just as important. Didn't you hear? PMT, Pittsburgh Musical Theater. You found the Crowley Show, obviously, where your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow us on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Pittsburgh's a great hockey market. It is. It's a weird one, though. You look at these Stanley Cup final TV ratings and... Pittsburgh was up there for game one. It had a rating of 10 in the town, which is huge. It has gone down the last couple of games to 8-5, and five, I believe. So not as many people are interested in watching the Capitals win, but that's not really what I want to talk about here. Go back about three summers, and there were some trade of getting Malkin takes. Mark Madden said that the only way for the Penguins to rebuild the roster was by trading one of their superstars, and... We all knew it wouldn't be Crosby. Now, at the time, I didn't think that that was an absurd take. And, in fact, I was actually buying into it. You had to rebuild the roster. They hadn't gotten enough out of anybody other than Crosby and Malkin. You could still sell high on Malkin, and they needed to change things up. Well, it didn't happen. And the Penguins have been back-to-back cup champs since, so it's good that it didn't. But it really crystallized to me. There are factions of fans in this town, some who love Malkin and others that love Crosby. Most people love them both, and most people root for the Penguins to win, but a lot of fans were squabbling at the time about who to keep and which player is better and blah, 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 blah. I love Gino. Gino's the best. I love Sid. Oh, my God. Two years ago, and even through today, fans argued about Murray and Flurry. I was asked on my show a bunch ad nauseum if I'm a Flurry or a Murray guy. I'm a Penguins guy. I love some of these players, but never as much as I love the Penguins. I want the Penguins to win, first and foremost. Whatever it takes to do that, I want them to do that. Look at the numbers that Pittsburgh is putting up for the Stanley Cup final. Penguins have been in the top five for the duration of the playoffs in terms of ratings, but for the final, I think that has a lot to do with Flurry. Dicks are selling Flurry t-shirts, for goodness sakes. Dicks Sporting Goods. Tom's wearing one right now. I was before I took my shirt off. Right, because you're always never wearing a shirt for the show. Thanks for reminding me. I can see your nipples. Not a Vegas Golden Knights logo. Dick Sporting Goods. I don't know anything about the character of the people behind the counter at Dick Sporting Goods. Although, I will say this. person that checked me out was very nice when I bought the shirts that Tom refuses to wear. We love hockey in this town. We really do. But the sport was not that popular before Mario. Yager helped. Now Sid. Now Gino. What will this town become when they leave? 
I think hockey's here to stay. I think that people will continue to care and support the team even when the stars are gone, but I don't have any evidence to back that up. Yins have rarely cared if there haven't been stars. So my question to you, Pittsburgh, is when the stars leave, you still going to care about hockey? You're still going to be up there in the TV ratings? You're still going to be playing in the street? You're still going to be skating around your rinks? 412-922-2874. I am hopeful that this town is now a hockey town in addition to being a Penguins town. I'm hopeful. And it seems that way now. I played hockey on Saturday with a bunch of friends because that's all that they want to do. But when hockey is no longer the thing, when the Penguins are not this good, will you care as much? No, inherently. But will you still care about the game? And will you still go to games? 412-922-2874. Now enter the Phil Kessel conversation. It's almost as if some of you like Phil more than the Penguins. Again, not all of you, not most of you, but there's a chunk of the fan base that's ripping media members for even bringing up the possibility of moving the guy. I only want what's best for the team, period. If that means moving Phil, fine. If that means hanging on to Phil, fine. Pens fans, you should be okay with it, too. I know it sucks. Watching your favorite players be traded and moved, trust me, I've grown up watching the Pirates, as have all of you. But Lemieux and Burkle on down have shown that they will do what they can to put a winner on the ice. Sully's a damn good coach. Rutherford's a damn good GM. Trust the team. Root for the team. The Penguins are here to stay. Players are going to come and go. Jason Mackey joins us coming up in about 14 minutes here on the show to discuss He'll get into some detail about the Stanley Cup final and Pittsburgh as a hockey town. Yesterday, the Pirates were almost no hit. I didn't watch a second of it. I was playing hockey. It was a beautiful day until it wasn't. And then I went to a surprise part, and I gorged myself. You don't care about that, but that's a list of things that I prioritize over Pittsburgh Pirates baseball right now. Uh, It's not very good. But this is the topic that's being kicked around on sports radio all throughout town. I don't know if Madden was talking about it. I suppose he was not, and if he was, he'd have made it interesting. But across the street, it's the classic recycled, were you rooting for Walker to throw the no-hitter? Topic that has been brought up on the station across the street over and over and over again. It's what they love to do, especially at this time of the year when they think there's not much else to talk about. Here's what I say. Root for the no-hitter if you want. Root for the Pirates to score five. It doesn't matter. And here's why. A, because none of it matters because we're all going to die someday. And maybe there's a God. Maybe there's not. But we're all going to rot in holes or be burned. And it's going to be terrible. B, whether you root for it or not, it's going to happen. If you're rooting for the no-hitter, doesn't affect the probability of the no-hitter happening. C, I don't need to be told what to root for and what not to root for. I don't care what your logic is. That you want to see the Pirates get a hit. I don't care if you want to watch history. FYI, there have been 299 no-hitters. They ain't that special. But the arguments are always the same. Yo, man, I root for my team always. Yeah, but don't you want to see history? Jesus, God. The argument comes up once a summer, and there's never any nuance. It's the same argument every damn time. Here's some nuance for you. Whether you root for it or not doesn't change the likelihood of the outcome. So if the Pirates get a hit, cheer. If they don't, well, you still got to see history. Bleeping boring. I know our signal sucks. Trust me. I know theirs is pretty good across the street. Fine. But boring. Come on.
412-922-2874. The NBA is set to test coaches' challenge replay in Las Vegas Summer League. I didn't know there was a Las Vegas Summer League. Sounds like a terrible place to host a bunch of prospective NBA players. Where there's a bunch of hookers and drinking and gambling. But at any rate, I hate this. Are sports about getting it right or are they about entertainment? Do you need to see the outcome be perfect? Or are you just watching to be entertained? Now, in an ideal world, it's both, but that's just not the reality. You're not going to see referees get it right every single time. We don't see them get it right every time with replay now. So, is it about getting it right or the entertainment? Because I will argue that the entertainment value goes to bleep. To quote my good friend Michael Kendricks, it goes to bleep when replay's involved. Uh, Baseball's long as it is. I used to love going to pirate games. I used to love going on Sundays. Now I'm 27 years old, and if I have to sit out in the sun for four hours, I will die. I'm not being hyperbolic here. I will actually die. If my sun, if my skin is in the sun for four straight hours, this Irish ass is going to die. I'm going to die. So I can't do it. And replay only makes the chances of that happening go through the roof. As for hockey, if a pubic hair is over the blue line before the puck goes over the blue line, guess what? They're calling that goal back. In a league that's starved for scoring, it's starting to go the other direction, but it's a league that's starved for scoring, and you're now going to overturn a goal because the pubic hair crosses the blue line? No! We've seen this year goals be taken back for goaltender interference that are ridiculous. We saw it happen to Brian Dumoulin. We saw a goal that should have been a goal in game number two of the conference semifinals against the Washington Capitals that wasn't called a goal. Replay hasn't fixed anything in hockey. It just adds to the problem. In football, oh, for the love of God, they don't know what a catch is or isn't. We don't know what a catch is or isn't. Then they're reviewing it on the grounds that they do know what a catch is. Meanwhile, they don't, and then we wind up having to waste 15 minutes debating in our heads when we don't know the outcome and they're basically flipping a coin anyhow. As far as the NBA, you can't review junk until the last two minutes. Can't review it. So you're telling your loyal viewers, you're telling your casual fans who are watching the NBA Finals that the first 58 minutes don't matter and only the last minute, two minutes do in a game that goes to overtime. 107-107, Cavs, Warriors, But you're telling me that every point didn't matter? Because they did. So I ask you now, Pittsburgh and the world on the iHeartRadio app, would you want replay eliminated altogether? Or do you want to institute it even more in depth? Those are the only two ways I want to go. If you're going to do replay, do it upright, man. Do all the replay. Review everything. Make sure you get it all right. Instead of only getting things right in the, quote, crucial moments. For me, I'd rather see it eliminated, though. I'm done with replay. I really am. Yes, it helps to know that they got some things right when the TV slows it down and 
especially in college football when a guy's leading with the crown of his helmet and you can tell whether or not he did in slow motion, but you can't tell live. I'm okay now with the concept of referees making mistakes. It sucks if they make egregious mistakes, but we're seeing egregious mistakes made anyhow, even in the replay era. Des Bryant's catch. Jesse James's catch. The goal in game two against the Washington Capitals in the playoffs this year. You know what the right call should be. They slow it down. It makes you realize it even more, and then they still get it wrong. If sports are about entertainment, take as much replay out as possible. Get rid of the shiz. I was close there. Get rid of it. Kick it to the curb. Because I need my entertainment to be entertaining. I don't need my entertainment to be four hours long. I don't got that kind of time. I'm married. I got a dog, two cats. Got to clean the house. Got to do my chores, man. Got to take the trash out. I don't need to be watching something for four freaking hours. And replay only extends the game without giving us the concrete answers that we should be looking for. Coming up next, Jason Mackey on what kind of hockey town Pittsburgh is. And who's going to win the cup final? Does he have any idea? I don't have a good feeling on this series. Plus, we're going to learn about Saudi Arabia. It's true. It's a Crowley show. You check things all the time, like your email every 10 seconds or your ex's Instagram. But what about checking something as important as your credit? Well, Discover makes it quick, easy, and best of all, free. Discover is now offering FICO credit scores to everyone for free, even if you're not a customer. And checking your score won't hurt your credit. We call it the Discover Credit Scorecard. And once you know your score, you should check to see if your current credit card is the best fit for you. Check your credit. Compare your card. Go to discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Would you rather live in Saudi Arabia or Egypt? Isn't that basically the same country? I guess we'll find out later when we learn about it, but in my mind they are. I forgot I didn't teach you about Saudi Arabia yet. (sighs) Spoiler alert. Would you rather live in Egypt or Saudi Arabia? Uh, Egypt. Is it that bad? Oh, it's bad. Antonio Brown tweeted out, pee on me. Tell me it's raining. It's going to be a no for me, dog. We're going to talk about Saudi Arabia. I'm going to teach you a thing or two about Saudi Arabia. In fact, I think you'd probably get beheaded for peeing on somebody else in Saudi Arabia. We'll teach you all about Saudi after we hear from Jason Mackey now of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Mac Daddy, how you doing today, man? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, neither of us are as good as Antonio Brown, but we'll just move on past that. Uh, is this series between the Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights going the way you thought it would go, Jason? It is not. It is not in the least. Adam, I'm a little bit surprised. Um, and I would like to think that the Vegas Golden Knights have another gear. I mean, I know they have another gear. It's just a matter of can they get to it? Are they beaten? Um, I, I think tonight is a huge swing game in this series. You know, if Washington wins this thing, I do think it's over. I, I think even against the Capitals, man, that is one tall hill to climb to come back from that. But if Vegas wins this thing, I mean, you look at it at that point, it's a three-game series. Vegas has the momentum. They're going back home. Everything is fine. It is just such a wild swing in this one. Um, and, you know, I'd love to sit here and predict that there's some sort of like sense around these teams or, or how they feel or what's going to happen. I've got nothing. 
I, I really do. I'm going to be as surprised as the next guy when they play tonight. Yeah, I have not had a feel for this series since it was uh, since we knew that these were going to be the teams that were playing, and I still to this day do not have a feeling, even though we've seen three games get played. Do you think that Mark Andre Fleury's being outperformed by Braden Holpe right now? That's not to say he's been bad, but I think he's not been the better of the two goalies. Ah, uh, if we're going to say that, it better be by a really slim margin because as much as Vegas has struggled, boy, I don't have a problem at all with what Flurry has done. In Game Three, he was fine. He was spectacular at times. They are hanging him out to dry. Um, you're you're seeing Las Vegas or Vegas get a case of the Penguins here, you know, with managing the puck and giving up odd man rushes. And some credit, of course, goes to the Capitals. They're doing a lot right defensively, and they're playing really, really well. But um, I, I'm not hanging this one on Flurry. It's not even close. That game might have been six one if it wasn't for Flurry. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Holtby is out playing him, but it, uh, let's just say he's playing better than Flurry at this point. I think it's a little bit different than saying out playing him. You wrote today about Brooks Orpik and why he's not about that comparing Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin life. Why does he not want to compare the two players? Yeah. So, uh, I, a couple of days ago, asked Orpik this question and got the, like, awkward answer. And then I saw a bunch of Washington writers, like, sort of giggling as I asked it. And I'm like, this is weird. What is going on here? And so Steve Simmons from Toronto, everybody in Pittsburgh knows him, uh, asked the same question yesterday. And Orpik did the same thing, same sort of snickers and whatever. And so today I just went up to Orpik and said, like, I'm not asking you to talk about Sid and Ovechkin. But why don't you want to talk about Sid and Ovechkin? And he kind of stared at me, as Orpik always does, and said, so you're not asking me about Sid and Ovechkin, but you're asking me about Sid and Ovechkin? Ovechkin? Why can't, why can't I say his name? Um, so he laughed, but, I mean, essentially he doesn't like talking about them because they're completely different players, I guess. Maybe he's tired of being asked about them. He feels like from you know 2005 on, NBC in the league is kind of like force-fed this Sid and Ovechkin rivalry narrative, and to a point I agree with them, but I also think they're two of the best players of our generation. Orpik has played with both of them. It's a fair question, Yes. Um, although it was probably more fair in the Eastern Conference semis than it is now, but either way, um, it, it's just weird you know, that he, he gets that hesitated by it. I think probably what he would love to say, and he doesn't want to say it because he doesn't want to make it sound bad for Ovechkin, but like, you know, Crosby just kills himself getting ready for hockey and is so into it. And Ovechkin is just not. And he kind of turns on a switch and he's really, really good, but he doesn't have the same sort of preparedness or mentality that that Crosby does. And he doesn't want that to come across as Ovechkin is lazy, but you know, we're, we're, we're sort of heading in that direction. Yeah, and I think that's probably fair. We all know how Sidney Crosby acts and that hockey is the only thing that matters to him. And if you want to live your life that way, great. If you don't want to live your life that way, I can get behind that too. It's funny, a couple of years ago, Alex Androvechkin was pictured not wearing a shirt. He was at some wedding. It might even have been last year. And he looked like me. I'm not I'm not overly fit. I'm kind of skinny fat. So is Alex Ovechkin. And anytime Sidney Crosby takes off his shirt, well, that's not what I think. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know why that's so – it's just hockey, man. It's the most hockey thing ever. Like, you can't possibly – uh, admit that like somebody doesn't have to work as hard as somebody else. Right. It's always the 
old Canadian, put your head down, you know, fall in line mentality. Like, screw it, man. Ovechkin's really good. He's really fun to watch. And I don't think he puts a lot of time in in the offseason. And good for him. If I could get by with, you know, minimal effort, I would. But I don't have that much talent. You know, some people, (laughs) they're just blessed with that. Good for them. Yeah, like me. Jason Mackey joins us here uh, on the Crowley Show. Uh, As far as for the Penguins, Washington winning the Stanley Cup for Penguins fans would stink, but I do think it makes the matchup between the two squads even juicier than it already is, no question in my mind. Yeah, but I can see where Penguins fans are coming from. Uh, You're going to see these guys a whole lot next season. There's going to be a whole lot of vitriol. and, And just figure if the Capitals lose, Penguins fans still have bragging rights. Yes. They still have all the bragging. You know, you can rub your nose and be like, yeah, yeah, advance to the Stanley Cup final. How'd that go? You know, there's still like a psychological edge. If the Capitals win the Stanley Cup and you're the Penguins and you're Penguins fans, what can you say? That argument, I mean, you could, we could go down the road of like, yeah, well, we won two or, you know, Sid's won three or whatever, but like, they're still the reigning Stanley Cup champions and they knocked you out of the playoffs. That stinks, and there's not much of a comeback for it. So I get it. Um, These games will be heated either way. I don't think they need any extra juice. Um, But I I have sort of spent some time thinking about, like, what what is that going to feel like for Penguins fans if if the first time they play the Capitals next season, the Capitals are, like, you know, raising their Stanley Cup banner or something like that. And I don't don't think Pittsburghers are going to take it well. They will not. It will change the narrative completely. I don't even know what you think if you're a Penguins fan. Because I'm thinking of it from a Penguins fan perspective. It's so much fun to hold that over the Capitals. It's a blast. You kind of need to have that team. The Patriots do it to the Steelers, so the Steelers and their fans, they do it to the Bengals. Well, it's nice to be able to have that uh, over Washington. And I guess Penguins fans will continue to have it over Philadelphia. But it would, to me, make the rivalry even more intense, though. And I'm not saying that that's great for Penguins fans, but I do think it might be great for the sport of hockey, and it certainly would be interesting to see how things would change if the narratives change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just, you know, and I also think if you're Penguins fans, and, and you can just come back with, well, we won two in a row and, and three with Crosby and, and five total. <laughs> and I mean, the, the amount of comebacks there are, are plentiful. But I, I just think you have to give Washington a just you due do. here. I mean, the Capitals deserve some credit. Uh, they, they've done a lot of bad things in the playoffs throughout their history, but man, and Ovechkin, Ovechkin is leading the charge with this. And I know it probably sounds like heresy to people listening to your show right now, but like, he is really good right now. The Capitals are in a very good place. They still might blow the lead, but if they close this thing out, man, uh, you got to take the cap. No doubt. And, uh, Jason Mackey joins us here uh, on the Crowley show. One of the, one, and this is an unpopular opinion in Pittsburgh that is about to be forthcoming, but, I love seeing the emotional reaction for Alexander Ovechkin. I don't want to see the guy win the Stanley Cup. I don't. Uh, Again, I am a Penguins fan. But watching him throw his arms up in the air and jump around on the bench after a goal in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals, like it's Game 7, I mean, that's pretty special, too. I think hockey fans in general, the casual hockey fan, has to be looking at that and smiling probably from ear to ear. For sure, man. And Kuznetsov, like, Ugh. slapping his bird wings, whatever it is. How stupid good is that jackass? I mean, he is so good. <laughs> How stupid good is that jackass? Is yes. that a technical term, Adam? Yes. No, it, I, I love it, man. I love when we can sort of beat the hockey out of hockey. You know, I watch the NBA, and it, it, they do such a great job of 
marketing their stars, making games fun, making it entertaining, luring in the casual fan. And the NHL just doesn't. You know, I mentioned Steve Simmons earlier. He had an interesting column. if you're interested, Google it. But uh, talking about the NHL and on uh, the media off days yesterday, how they they had like Ryan Carpenter and Luca Spiza at Jesus. the podium for Vegas. And I mean, give me a break. How are you not having like William Carlson, Marchessault, Fleury, Ovechkin, Backstrom? I don't care whom, but like big names. And the NHL just they they can't get that right. They can't have enough fun. They can't you know market good players and and make it a little bit more. Um, buttoned down or, or lightened up or however you want to put it. And Ovechkin does that. You know, them celebrating and being goofy. I just love seeing that stuff. And the emotion will match it on the flip side tonight if Vegas is able to play the game that they want to play. Last couple of things for Jason Mackey here of the Post-Gazette. Jason, one of the things I was talking about in the first segment is that I think Pittsburgh's a really weird hockey town. I think it's a great hockey town, but it's weird to me because I think that we kind of bow down to the players more than we bow down to the team. Uh, Sidney Crosby's got his faction of fans. Malkin's got a faction of fans. A lot of people are fans of everyone, but Phil Kessel's getting defended now big time by a lot of fans. They don't want to see him moved. I get that. I absolutely do. But Jim Rutherford knows what he's doing. Mike Sullivan knows what he's doing. I'm going to trust the team. I'm going to trust the organization. I'm going to trust the logo. Do you think that... Penguins fans are different than other fans in the way that they support individuals. Marc-Andre Fleury being in the Stanley Cup final now, I think, illustrates that, too. Yeah, I do think Penguins fans are a different bunch. And, I, you know, I mean that in a good way and an endearing way. I wouldn't be able to do what I do, and you wouldn't be able to do what you do without uh, them listening and reading and whatever. But, yeah, it, it is different. Um, I see a lot of other writers at the Stanley Cup final, and, you know, in their markets, like, people are going to read things about, you know, other teams or the sport or the league or whatever. And every time I write something like that, I can't say it does terribly well on the post of that's website. But if you put out something about the Penguins, about the individual team, the city, players, personalities, people they care about, it, it it's right up there with Steelers content. I mean, people love it. They're, they're eager to read it and get involved. Uh, so it's just, it's weird that way. You know, and it, I don't mean this to sound like, critical but it's the best way i can explain it it's almost like they're penguins fans but not hockey fans mm. and i don't i don't mean that like they don't understand hockey because they do i don't want it to come off that way it's just like the team is the ultimate thing and yeah i, I think you see that coming out with like the flurry murray debate um crosby kessel god forbid anybody criticize him or talk about any move the front office might make it's kind of crazy how many people just are, are so eager to defend him, and I, I, I get it. I think he's a really good player, and it makes a lot of sense to keep him, but there's a business side of that, too, that Rutherford and Sullivan need to consider. I'm going to do this to you, Mackie. Uh, what, what are the percentages that you think that, uh, percentage chance that you think Phil Kessel's traded this offseason? I, I hate to be boring here, Adam, but I would say maybe 50-50. Yeah! I don't, I don't have a feel either way. I mean, what I know about the Kessel situation is that they're going to listen. I can't predict what other offers are, are sure. going to be. I know Rutherford has no hesitation about trading him if he would get an offer, but it's not a deal he's actively seeking. So it all depends on how other teams value Kessel, and that's just too hard to say. All right, one more thing now. I always lie to you. I always say it's the last thing, but it's not the last thing. You want to hear a funny story about that? I do. I might steal your thunder. Rutherford busts my chops about the same thing. I do the same thing to him <laughs> when I talk to him on the phone. He calls me Columbo. And he, he said, so you're doing that Columbo thing to me again. 
And so <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll think that I'm done, and then I'll see, like, something else on my notepad and my computer screen that I wanted to ask him. He just laughs. He always answers it. So go ahead. Well, so I hope you laugh, and then you'll answer it. And it's funny that you bring up Jim Rutherford because that's what the question's about. What's the relationship in your mind and having talked to these guys between Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan, how good of friends are they? How good of co-workers are they? Obviously, they won a couple Stanley Cups together, so uh, they they work well enough. But how do you see their relationship, and how do you see it growing? It, it's great. There's no problems there whatsoever. Um, Rutherford absolutely loves Sullivan. When I talk to him about Sullivan, he puts him in a category with Paul Maurice, um, one of his you know, coaches from Carolina just absolutely loves the guy. Um, so there's no problem there. I, I don't foresee any issues in the future. Um, they're going to continue to do um, everything the way they do it now. I, I mean, I guess some people maybe are reading into that because they gave differing answers on Phil Castle, but I think they each gave their answer and they're each right. But like put together, they kind of look contradictory. Believe me, there's no, there's no issue there at all between the two. They are polar opposite personalities. I mean, Sullivan is like, say nothing, all business, all serious. Rutherford is like, yeah, I'm going to put some stuff out there and sweep some people and be a bit of a smart ass and have some fun, and I'll deal with the media, and I like this. And, you know, they're, just, they're different people, and I think that's what makes them good together. Last thing here for you, Mac. Just kidding. Thanks for the time, buddy. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks for having me. It's time to learn about Saudi Arabia. I think that's how you say it. Saudi. Saudi, yes. Saudi. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the largest country in the world without a river. That is the best thing that I can tell you about Saudi Arabia, because everything else sounds fairly not good. Uh, Based on fatalities per head of population, a World Bank report in the year 2000 found that Saudi Arabia, along with Malaysia, Thailand, and South Africa, were the most dangerous countries in which to drive. Saudi Arabia fared even worse when this was measured in fatalities per vehicle. Saudi Arabia is considering ending beheadings. Oh, hey, they're getting with the times as the national form of execution in favor of firing squads because of lack of swordsmen to be found in the country. Homosexual activity in Saudi Arabia is criminal offense that can attract a death penalty or at the very least a long stretch in prison with customary public flogging as an additional punishment. Saudi Arabia is a prohibition state. It is not legal to drink alcohol in the kingdom. Also, 15 of the 19... Yeah, I'm not going to read that one. That's what happens when you start reading down a bulleted list. Ah, we're just not going to go with Saudi Arabia. Ah, we're done. Yeah, we're, we're done, done with Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Let's, go with, let's go with Egypt, Russia, Don't and... Don't for Saudi Arabia. That's the last one. Uruguay. 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 We'll update that poll when we come back. It's the hottest take of the day. Other crap and the three stars of the show. Uruguay. Saudi Arabia. Over the past year, we've been thinking a lot about how we got to where we are now. Because somewhere along the way, we lost our way. So at Wells Fargo, we're recommitting ourselves to our customers. We've eliminated product sales goals for retail bankers who serve customers in branches and call centers. So we can focus on what matters most. Your satisfaction. Wells Fargo. Established 1852. Re-established 2018. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Favorite member of the Jackson 5. 
Jerome? Was there a Jerome Jackson? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, mine was Michael. Oh, Michael Jackson was in the Jackson 5? Are you serious? A, B, C. It's easy as what? Here's the Pirates lineup for tonight. Oh, wait, they're not playing. Well, let's just assume that if the Pirates did put out a lineup, it would have Sean Rodriguez in it and no Austin Meadows. I just assume that. That's the way Clint Hurdle's been doing it. Sean Rodriguez is nine for his last 60. That's bad. Austin Meadows, two for his last 11. And he slowed down a little bit, I think, because guess what? Clint Hurdle's sitting him too much. I've asked all of you, my snowflakes, our listeners, to vote on my Twitter poll, at underscore Adam Crowley. We're trying to determine which team to root for in the upcoming World Cup. America not in it. Ireland's not in it, so that's my second choice. Italy would be my third choice. They're not in it either. Bad, bad times for all my football teams. And it hurts. So we're going by group by group, day by day. We've taught you each a little bit about Egypt, Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, and Russia today. Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, Russia, and Egypt. And we have a tie right now at Top Group. A tie? A tie. Oh, no. We're doing this tournament style, so whichever team wins, we advance. And then we will update polls as we get closer to the tournament. But it's Egypt and Uruguay with 44%. I say we flip a coin. Flip a coin? Flip a coin. All right, let's do it. Heads, uh, Egypt, tails, Uruguay? Yes. All right, let me flip the digital coin here on the computer. And the winner is... Uruguay! Yes! Congratulations, you Uruguayans. You yes! just won the Crowley Show Pool A. Yes! That's huge, man. Big time. Because I don't want to be rooting for Egypt. They stink. They stink. And I don't know anything about them that I didn't learn about from 2,000 years ago. More than that, 4,000 years ago with the pyramids and the mummies and such. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. We're wrong a lot in this industry. I was supposed to do yard work all day Saturday, but my iPhone told me it was going to rain for most of the day. Fingers were crossed, prayers were said, coins were flipped into fountains, and yet when Saturday rolled in, not a drop of rain fell. My iPhone was wrong, because somewhere along the way, the weatherman was wrong. Not because he's bad at his job, but because his job is hard. Weather is unpredictable. So is sport. Have you ever seen anything like what happened to J.R. Smith on Thursday? How about Holpe's incredible save in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final? How about Austin Meadows is crushing the ball better than any rookie has in the last hundred years? Vegas and Washington are playing in the Stanley Cup. Ryan Reeves has two huge goals in these playoffs. It's been two games since Tom Wilson killed anyone. Sports are unpredictable. Us radio talkers, us columnists, we're wrong a lot. Some pretend never to be wrong. Others play it safe so that they never will be. Mike Francesa will never let you know that he does not know a piece of sports information. Some columnists will only go out on a limb if they feel like they've got the majority of the public on their side. It takes all time kinds in this industry. Enter the Crowley Show. I've been wrong a lot, and that's okay. 
Prediction Radio is stupid. Nobody knows how a game or a series is going to play out. If Clay Thompson was out for this series, then it might have shifted some of the momentum into the hand of the Cavaliers. Here's why our show's different. Well, we got Tom, who's always shirtless. That's weird. We've got Brian, who, well, he's he's just Brian. But I'll be wrong a lot, like you and every other sports fan in the country. And I'll tell you when I am wrong, and we'll laugh about it. I said that Adam Frazier could fill in for Josh Harrison and be effective when he was hurt. I was wrong. He stunk. I said it was the same old Capitals after they lost to the Penguins in Game 1 and coughed up a lead. I said that Meadows should be sent down no matter what. He does in Marte's absence, and now I think it should be the other way around. I called out Hurdle for sitting Meadows, and Polanco then went 3 for 4. I didn't think Washington would beat Tampa. I didn't think Vegas would beat San Jose. I thought the Steelers would beat the Jaguars. You'll learn some stuff, like about weird countries when you listen to this show, but you're going to have fun. That's what we're all about. There are people on Twitter arguing about Sean Rodriguez. Some numbers say he's league average. Others say he is playing too much. Even the analytics folks can be stupid, too. Everyone thinks they have all the answers. In this industry, some will fight tooth and nail to defend their logic about this guy and that guy and this opinion and that opinion. Takes are great. I've got a million of them, but some will be wrong. Whether you've got numbers to back them up or not, sports aren't played on a spreadsheet. We won't talk about them like they are, and we will be just as right as the people who use them as gospel. That is to say we all miss, like weathermen from time to time. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. General Motors head of product development wrecked the pace car at the Detroit Grand Prix. It's funny. Laugh. Woo! Other crap. Clay Matthews was hit in the face by a line drive in a charity softball game. The Packers should have drafted a nose guard. Woo! Other crap. Shohani Otani was voted the most popular athlete in Japan, surpassing Ichiro. Shehei looks like the Suzuki finally ran out of gas. Woo! Other crap. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a great baseball team to bet on if you hate money. Woo! Other crap. Michael Crabtree says he doesn't have a choice. He needs to be the Ravens' leader at receiver. Michael Crabtree's still in the league? Woo! Other crap. Michael Crabtree is a Raven? Woo! Other crap. Like to see a sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree come at Artie Burns? Woo! Other crap. Chess boxing combines both into a single sport, both chess and boxing. The fighters play two minutes of chess between each round of fighting. So you're telling me I could finally beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match? Woo! Other crap. It's been 450 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show... Jason Mackey! But why don't you want to talk about Sid and Ovechkin? <laughs> and he kind of stared at me, as Orpik always does, and said, so you're not asking me about Sid and Ovechkin, but you're asking me about Sid and Ovechkin? Ovechkin? Why can't, why can't I say his name? <laughs> Tonight's second star of the show, Chicago <laughs> Cubs broadcaster Harry Carey! 
most recent thing I remember about Egypt was back in 1999 when Brendan Fraser sent that bastard Emotep back to the underworld. I don't know about you, Adam, but any country that boasts a guy like Brendan Fraser who can send the undead back to the dead, that's a country I gotta pull for ten times out of ten. And tonight's first star of the show, PFT Commenter! Yeah, I like yours too, but I thought that I thought that was a prank that you guys were playing on everybody, telling like visitors to your city that Iron City Light is a really good beer. Because I had one sip of it and, and my, my chest hair fell off. I've got an embarrassing confession to make. A couple of years ago, I unfollowed PFT commenter on Twitter because I thought all his takes were serious. And he, you got mad at them? Like, yes. You, you were triggered by PFT. That's I was exactly triggered by what he PFT. wanted to do. Exactly. I didn't get it. I'm glad that you evolved into this person that you are now that I know who would never take something like that seriously. No, he's brilliant. They're brilliant. They are the best thing at Barstool. I don't know how much else good goes on there, but I know that they are good that does go on there. So for me... They are the reason why Barstool is as successful as it is. And I know there's this article out there on Deadspin about how it's the only reason and they use him as a meat shield, and they probably do, and they should. And it doesn't matter if they break off or not. They're going to continue to be lucrative, and I imagine that they will make a bunch of money as they continue in their career path. They're both young guys. Jealous of them. I just sit here on AM radio on ESPN Pittsburgh. Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the show, I have got absolutely nothing planned. Tom, did you book anyone? Uh, we might have a booking by the time the show rolls around, but if not, we can teach people about Group B. Oh, we are going to teach people about, about group, group B. Do you even know what Group B is? You know what? Find out tomorrow on the show. Oh, boy. I got to find out now. I got to find out now. Because you're going to learn something tomorrow. It's Morocco, Iran, Portugal, and Spain. Ooh. Oh, baby. I'll tell you what I don't want. Iran. I will run away from Iran. That's really the joke I'm going to end the damn show with. Son of a bitch. Talk to you tomorrow. We're going to talk about Iran. It's a Crowley show.